In a time where we have hundreds of conversations in a day, sometimes we need to slow down and learn a person's journey. Knowing so many extraordinary people from various walks of life has led me to believe that we need to unravel the answers to so many questions that often go unanswered. This is where we talk about the tough stuff that makes us extraordinary. My name is Liv, and I believe these conversations hold tremendous value in the journey to discover who we are and who we share our world with. Welcome to Ordinary Conversations with Extraordinary People. This is The Modern Badass. Christine Jones was born and raised in Vancouver, British Columbia. She's my mom, which obviously by default makes her a total badass. She's worked for around 30 years with Fraser Health, and she knows the ups and downs of being a working mom in today's society. At 40 years old, she went back to university to finish her degree. She now holds a Bachelor of Arts in Applied Psychology, and she does a whole bunch of things that makes her just really cool in general. Listen carefully to the journey she took to get to where she is today. Okay, hello, I'm here with my mom today. We are recording this for the second time because silly me, I didn't uh, actually save it properly the first time. So uh, we're going to have another conversation just about life and about some of the crazy things that happen in life. Um, hi, mom. Hello again. <laughs> know, hello again. Um, so tell me a little, we're going to talk about advice. So you like to give advice. And uh, I know I haven't always been the the easiest person to give advice to, and I'm not always the most receptive, but you do have things that are kind of worth listening to, I guess, because, you know, moms do know best whether I'd like to admit it or not. So, um, yeah, we're going to just chat a little bit about life and about advice and what advice would you give to people? What advice, oh, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, and yeah, whatever you kind of want to talk about today, we've got, you've got the floor. Oh, my favorite topic. That I actually suggested. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, now that I'm put on the spot, what advice do I have? Now I'm, I'm feeling a bit pressured. I don't think it's so much a matter of giving advice. I think it's a lot about sharing experience. So where can someone else benefit from your life experience? And I think that's kind of where advice stems from. It's not like I want you to do this. It's, you know, this was my experience. This is kind of what I encountered or what I felt I should have done or could have done that would have had a better outcome. And that's kind of where advice stems from, I think. It's more of a sharing of experiences. So where to start with advice? Um, well, we just did your Mother's Day episode and there was a, a lot of advice or shared experiences on that episode and I think um, of course as a mother have, having two lovely adult children now um, I think the only real advice I would give on motherhood is just don't sweat it just experience it it goes by quickly there is no perfect anything in parenting it's a little messy it's supposed to be um, love your kids enjoy them don't stress so much don't have huge expectations on yourself um, just go into it with love and a little bit of tenderness and and share your life experiences with them and and help them develop into wonderful interesting people that's really the most important not the best athlete not the straight a student um, just interesting people who care about other people and who have an interest in in living and learning and laughing and playing and all of those sorts of things i think i think that's kind of my parenting advice in a nutshell um what other advice so you mentioned interesting people. Does that mean we're interesting people? Did you raise interesting people? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I raised you to be interesting people. You are interesting people. 
interesting in like air quotes. <laughs> well, interesting as, as in you you think independently, you you do interesting things, you see the world in an interesting way. Don't just follow expectations. You don't follow prescribed routes or paths. You kind of do your own thing. And I think that's interesting, right? But I, I also think everybody's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But <laughs> okay. really, I do. I, I There's not too many people that I don't find interesting. And probably the people I do find uninteresting are people that I just think of themselves and talk of themselves um, kind of like I'm doing now talking about myself no but you're not but yeah so so that's kind of how how I define it interesting um, just independent thinkers do your own thing do what you like do what's kind and gentle for other people and for the planet and you know to Things that you find interesting, it's not always, there's so much pressure to be a certain way, to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to be educated a certain way, eat a certain way, walk a certain way, talk a certain way. It's too much. Just do your own thing. Just like really do your own thing and you'll be happy. Yeah, I like that. Okay, are we done? <laughs> um, so... What in what ways, like the do your own thing part of things, would do you do that? Like I do it. I do it now. You do it. I, now. I never did it. I I I had children very young. I felt this huge expectation to be a good mother, um, whatever that means. You know. I, I really I really didn't know what it meant at the time, but I had to be very present. I had to do everything for my kids. I had to not do anything for myself. I think that was a big thing. And I think it was kind of a way of thinking of putting your children first. Well, what does that really mean? Like providing for them? Yes, of course. Keeping them safe and clean and healthy? Yes, of course. But putting them first, does that mean I'm putting myself second or not I'm putting myself not at all. You still have to exist. Oh, this is another piece of advice. As a mother, you still have to exist as a person on your own, separate from being a mother. Um, and, and I think I lacked that just because of that pressure to be very present, to be a very present mother, a very involved mother. And looking back, I was too present. I was too involved. And there was too much absence of Christine, the person. It was just Christine, the mother. And, it, you know, it didn't serve my children and it didn't serve me. So uh, that's parenting advice number two. <laughs> okay. Well, and that's, I think, a big shift. And I can't speak to 30 years ago what that looked like because I was, I was the little in that situation. But I think now we're starting to see a shift so much in moms that are having the kid fit into their life as it exists more than oh drop everything I'm having a child and and this is my one and only role that is important right now and yeah that's a that's an interesting kind of societal shift to see over the years and yeah I suspect it was my generation that was making that transition because some people who were parenting at the same time as I was we're doing it and others weren't, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it kind of transitioned to now more doing that. It, it, you know, women are working now because they want to, not only because they need to, it's, you know, they're professional. They want to maintain their job. They don't want to give up work to to be the, the stay-at-home parent. You know, they're not, they're not leaving their children home unattended. No. Um, they're still being loved and cared for and nurtured. And mother is still out, you know, contributing to such, to society and the economy and and you know to the mortgage so there's there's lots of ways to do it and 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 there will always still be some parents who either by choice will stay home with the children it's you have to do what fits for you, for yourself and it's not about 
doing it because you feel it's the right thing to do. It's doing it because you feel it's the right thing to do for you. And I think that's just the subtle difference, but it, the outcome is quite different. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I like that because it makes you take a look at actually what you want and what you need out of life versus somebody else's needs first. And that's that kind of ties back into what you were just saying with that whole piece of, um, you know, that role that a mom plays. Yeah, and then you add in the additional layer of privilege. Some people don't get to make these decisions. They're made for them. You know, I recognize I made those decisions for myself, um, and I continue to make them for myself. Some people don't have those options, and, and, and you know, hopefully, one day we'll all have is have the equal number of options. But you know, for it's about supporting everybody in their decisions um, that they freely make, and in decisions that are made for them. It's everybody supporting everybody in wherever they are and helping to advance everybody, like I said. So so hopefully one day we are all deciding for ourselves what we want. Did you find it um, challenging to be a parent to girls in particular? Like I know you don't have sons, but was parenting girls a challenge at any point? Did you find it I never, gave, I never gave it a, a thought. I never gave it a thought. I never thought boys versus girls. I never thought, oh, girls are so hard. Oh, people used to say, oh, wait until they're teenagers. And I thought, what a stupid thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> and and you guys were, were, I mean, you were not problematic teenagers, so I guess I got lucky there. But um, You're welcome. <laughs> I, I never... I never thought the difference between boys and girls. I never wanted... I had girls. I had what I had, you know, and I never thought, oh, I wish I could have had a boy. And I, it just never entered my mind. And a lot of people would say to me, oh, you've got two girls. Are you going to try for a boy? I said, no, I've got two girls. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, you're not a flavor of ice cream. It's, <laughs> it's, I was happy with what I had and I, I wasn't missing anything and I wasn't yearning for anything and I didn't feel the need to have one or two of each. Like, it's, it, it, it was absurd to me, really, yeah. that, that whole notion of wanting to sample both genders. It was absurd, and it quite frankly still is. <laughs> Apologies to those I've just defended. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, how did you know how to, well, and I think this is the question last, last time that you were like, I didn't know, but how did you learn to navigate being a parent? before you're a parent, you don't know how to do things. Um, but what was that learning process like for you? You just do it. It's, it's, how do you say, on the job training. You know, I read a lot of books. I read a lot of books about birth and pregnancy and babies. And probably in hindsight, I should have probably read more books on children and parenting. But you just do it. You're I don't know how to say it. I, you're you're in it. You're not thinking about parenting because you are parenting. It's I think now the way society is, we're so thinking about things. How do I feel? How does this look? What do I want? What's the outcome? What's the input? It just get in and do it. You know, some days are good, some days aren't good, some days are hard, some days aren't hard. It's life. It's just it's so natural. You love these people, you care for these people, and, you know, did I say the wrong thing at the wrong time? Yeah, probably hundreds of times. Did I not explain things properly? Did I not share things or, or guide you in the right way? Hundreds of times. But did I also do hundreds of times I said the right thing and provided the right cuddles and conversations and talks? Yeah, it's... You win some, you lose some kind of thing. Well, I wouldn't even say that. It's, no. it's just like a day at work, you know. Some days you produce outstanding work and some days you don't. <laughs> you know, in some circumstances, I, I never felt 
challenged. I never felt, oh, I'm in over my head. I never felt I was doing it wrong. But I also never felt I was doing it right. I never had those conversations with myself. Um, yeah, I just didn't. I knew I wanted to hug and kiss you guys more than I was hugged and kissed. That's probably the one thing that sticks out in my head. My mother was not physically affectionate with, with us as children, well, with me. And I like that with you guys. You guys were cuddly until you guys couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so. What... Um... I mean, I have like obvious memories in my childhood, but like as a mom, like what are some of your memories of like raising us? Like some of the, I don't know, the funny times or did anything funny or weird happen or silly? I don't know. Put you on the spot with this one, but. Yeah, a little bit because there's a lot of it that you don't remember. And it's all the days where you, pick your kid up from school and come home and tell them, clean out your backpack and here's a snack and get your homework done. We got soccer practice. You know, there was hundreds of days like that mm -hmm. and they all kind of blur together. Um, where's your soccer boots? And, you know, why didn't you tell me I have to sign this notice or, you, you yeah. know, <laughs> you're, you're so caught up in, in the business of living that, you know, things don't specifically stand out, um, the day-to-day -day stuff. I remember we were always on the go. That, yeah. I feel like we were always busy. Um, when you were very young, always at the parks on the weekends, there was always music festivals, um, and then you started in sports, and then Emily came along, and, you know, she was always out to soccer sport, your, your sporting events, and that kind of gobbled up a lot of weekends and um, as we both got into sports yeah, that was yeah. I remember different we were in different soccer tournaments and you guys were all over the place and yeah. but during the week you had school you guys had swimming lessons you guys had skating lessons um, for a short stint forced upon you by your mother you had piano lessons that was fun <laughs> we thought we were getting a dog for yeah. Christmas that year it was <laughs> That'll be a story. And we'll have M back on and yeah. he'll tell that story. Yeah. <laughs> what an awful mother. That's the topic of that story. No, we were just convinced. Our imaginations took over. Yeah. Um, so I remember in like the backyard, the swing set, yeah. the trampoline, the little basketball bubbles, hoop, you know, riding your bike, going up to the park with a t-ball and that velcro sticky ball yeah <laughs> tobogganing down the hill you know so excited when walmart opened like, oh my gosh <laughs> i know like, that's funny yeah picking you guys up from after school care you guys had after school sports you always had after school activities um i was involved with school stuff um yeah it was always busy day. yeah it was just yeah. busy but there's no time to sit and think, oh, you know, am I doing this right as a mother? Am I enjoying this? Am I fulfilled? Oh, give me a break. <laughs> you know? Like, what are we having for dinner? <laughs> um, so while you were juggling all of that, you were also working, obviously. Yeah, uh, part-time, so it was a good fit, right? And you were at the same job for how many years was it? 25 years. 25 years and then you made a big career change so once we grew up you went back to you went back to school when I went to university and you kicked butt and got got your degree done and and went back to school in your 40s and switched jobs and you know switched directions with with uh, careers and tell me what that was like what what was it like to go back to school? Um, you know, alongside your your post-secondary daughters and no, not alongside necessarily, but um, you know, at the same time and juggling that part of motherhood while pursuing your own goals. What was that like? Um <laughs> going back to school, best decision I ever made. 
well, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, what what did it actually feel like going back to school? Oh, I felt old. It was a little bit embarrassing at times. All the kids in your class are 20. You know, they all some some of them knew you guys. It, you know, were friends of yours. Um, and it was hard. You know, I had been out of school at that point for over 20 years, well over 20 years. And I was never a good student. Um, I was smart, I just wasn't a good student. So it took a lot of learning to, to learn how to be a good student. And, and then I just dove right in. Yeah, I just really liked it. I liked learning new things. I liked the process of school. I couldn't believe how much I didn't know. That, that was quite surprising. Be quite frank I thought I knew way more than I did um, and school taught me that I did not uh, once I graduated school I was you know still happy with my job I, you, you guys were grown I was skiing with friends hiking traveling you know it was great and then I realized no I need to put this degree to some to some use and I changed jobs um, and also another very excellent decision on my part. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I just love my new job. Every day it's hard. Every day it challenges me. Every day I learn new things. Every day I contribute. Every day I help people. Um, yeah, I just I just love the job. I just love the job. So a couple of good decisions. Made easy because my children were independent. You know, you guys were young adults and um, but independent young adults and not causing me a lot of worry or concern, you know. Um, Still a little bit of worry. <laughs> some worry, but, but not, <laughs> not the day-to-day, -day, you know. You certainly didn't take the time, the day-to-day -day time that, that was previously involved in parenting. But, um, so, yeah, basically I had a lot of free time open up, and I spent it going to school and getting a new job. Yeah, you never really slowed down because it went from, you know, however many hours of soccer I had in a week that you were driving me to or watching games or practices and same with Emily with her volleyball. And then once that all kind of was on the winding down end of things, yeah, to put your energy in and that time that was previously previously spent elsewhere into school that's that's a big time commitment and big time investment and you did it and you rocked it yeah. yeah yeah well i started school emily was still in high school she was still a couple years in high school yeah i i want to say you started either my first or my second year of being no second year. it was my second year um yeah which is so cool yeah so emily still had two years of high school um, but it was still, it was one child going out. And I also started school slowly. Started with two courses, and then I took three courses. Then it was five, and then it was six, and then it was every summer. And, yeah, I had to finish the degree before I uh, hit retirement age. <laughs> That's a bit of time pressure. But, you know, there was a gap. Um, I did go to college quite unsuccessfully right out of high school uh, so there was that 25 year gap between starting college and finishing it so although <laughs> i feel like i did my degree very quickly no it actually took about 28 years <laughs> from start to finish you mentioned that as a like as a high school student that you weren't a good student but like what made you not a good student was it i didn't do the work you didn't do the work didn't enjoy doing the work you enjoyed learning all the way through like you were always yeah. a learner no i didn't enjoy it in high school oh. I, d I didn't enjoy it i oh i think i said i was smart maybe i take that back maybe i wasn't that smart <laughs> or maybe i just didn't have the capacity to apply myself um because i i always enjoyed reading but yeah sometimes i found school hard but probably because i didn't apply myself and by not applying myself i also mean not attending um, there was not a lot of structure at home. I didn't have to really be accountable 
to anybody at home. Um, and that's just the way the household was going at the time. Um, so yeah, I just identify myself, it's a bottom line. And looking back at what I missed in high school, uh, yeah, I missed a lot. I missed a lot of interesting, interesting stuff um, that I'm certain if I had been more studious would have sent me on a different course earlier, you know, but, but that's the way it goes, right? So I'm happy to have gone to school when I did. It worked for me. And yeah, I, I, I wish I, looking back, I wish I was a better high school student. I wish I had enjoyed it more. I wish I had more confidence. I wish I had more structure at home. I wish I had, you know, and I had a few very outstanding teachers, but not all um, that didn't draw me in or, or maybe I just was unreachable. I don't know. I, I was I was what we what you would call a delinquent back in back in the day. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, you turned you turned out great. Yeah. <laughs> a little rough around the edges, but sure. Um. So along with you know going back to school, you've you've done some traveling too. Do you have a favorite place or favorite destination or a future destination that you'd like to visit? Uh, once our pandemic is over and we can all travel again? Once I feel safe to travel again? Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> Difference between being allowed to travel and being feeling safe to travel. My whole life I'd always wanted to go to Europe, so I did. I went to France and Italy. It was beautiful. It was just how I thought it would be. Lived up to every expectation, saw some very beautiful ancient things, uh, yeah, it was, it was remarkable. Uh, more recently, I went to New York, which I just absolutely fell in love with. Um, yeah, I just fell in love with. Another favorite city is San Francisco, also love San Francisco. Um, saw some beautiful, beautiful geographical things, geographical. Geological things, <laughs> geological things in Arizona, you know, the Antelope Canyons in, in Page, Arizona, of course, the Grand Canyon, spectacular, um, driven through some incredible state parks with beautiful rock structures and yeah, just amazing, just amazing. So yeah, I can't wait to travel again, near and far and yeah. Any particular destination? Well, I'd like to go to Ireland. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you picked up a little bit of a little Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm Irish on my grandfather's side, so I would love to see Ireland. Um, I'd also like to visit somewhere where the culture is very, very different. So like Southeast Asia, something like that. I think that would be good for me. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much, I can go anywhere. Yeah. I'd like to see more of Canada. I'd love to see the Maritimes. You know, that's high on my list. That'll probably be the first place I go next. Stay, just, stay just within our country. Stay in Canada. Just, you know, feels a little bit safer for me. But um, yeah, that's, that's very high on my list. Yeah, why not? We we do have such a beautiful country, and and the culture there is different. It's a know? different way of life. Yeah, it's a, a, a they have different beginnings, right? So yeah, I even look at the U.S. and you know we've traveled around the U.S. and you've seen a lot of different parts of the of the United States, and I've spent time in parts of the United States, and just looking at the different culture within a country. Um, and I feel like it's so obvious in the U.S., but we have that so strongly here in Canada, too. Um, and I just haven't explored it nearly as much. I've spent, you know, I spent a small period of time in, in Quebec. But even then, I was like, wow, this is this is very different than B.C. Um, in, our, our in amazing country, ways. Yeah, yeah, because our country is so big. Uh, people have, have settled at different times. They've come from different places. And, 
you know, and they brought with them cultures that have lasted. So I think, yeah, I, I think it's important to to see that within your own country. Or it, it's important to me. It's important to me. Okay, I'm going to ask you for some more advice now. So you've had some advice for moms um, and just kind of going through motherhood. But, um, you know, I'm 30. What, what's kind of your advice for me? This is your chance. Get it all out. Bring it on. I know you're just dying to tell me things. No, but honestly, like. Let me get my list up. Yeah, yeah, go get that notebook. Um, at this point in my life, what would your advice to me be? Oh, okay. This is off the top of my head. I am not reading from a list. I have not given it much thought because I don't actually have that much advice for you. Um, you're living your life the way you want. Um, I don't know. What, what I would just tell people in general, don't spend so much money. That's just general advice. We, wait, we all collectively waste a ton of money on stuff that doesn't bring us that much joy. It's what I call crap. Um, if you took all that money and put it in a jar, oh, you could take a, a wonderful trip or you could save it or you could something like that. that that's, that's just general advice. That's not just advice for you. Um, the other thing I would tell you is, oh, I think I already did tell you this. Wear sunscreen, although you're already 30, it's probably too late. <laughs> Start wearing sunscreen. You were good at making sure we were sunscreen well, as, as a kid. kids, you wore sunscreen. You also wore giant bonnets. <laughs> I, re I remember um, when we were in Penticton one summer, we have a picture at that conservatory, observatory, whatever it was, the satellite place. Yeah. And we're in like long sleeves. And I remember it was so hot that day. Well, it was the desert we were in. I will add that. And yeah, it was hot. And no, you did not get a sunburn. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I just remember. And it I was a light blouse with long sleeves. You weren't wearing a long sleeve sweater. <laughs> I didn't know 10-year-olds could sweat that much. It was, it was great. But did you burn? I no, did not burn. <laughs> okay, so wear my sunscreen. Wear sunscreen. Um don't overthink stuff. Don't fall into this self-help book billion dollar industry of something's wrong with you. Here, buy my $30 book and we'll fix it. Don't Just don't fall for that. Nothing is wrong with you. You're good. You're just good. That's it. Period. That's, that's your advice? Yes. All right. All right. Don't make somebody else rich having them convince convince you that something's wrong with you huh you're good you'll know when you'll know when you got to reach out for help and it and it probably won't be from a bookstore yeah that's, trust, that's a good point <laughs> trust that right you know you're not going to get your your answers to life at costco <laughs> touche <laughs> steer clear of those no. And there's a lot of good people who have a lot of good talks, and I'm thinking, you probably know who the ones I'm thinking of are, but, and I don't disagree with what they say, but I think the fact that they're saying it is also telling us that something's wrong. Just do, do what you need to do for you, and everybody needs to figure that out. So that's the advice I'd give. Figure out what works for you. Do you need eight hours sleep? Do you need 10 hours a night's sleep? If you need 10 hours a night's sleep to function properly during the day, do what you need to do to get 10 hours of sleep. If you need to exercise to keep your head on straight and going, you know, high and low and in between, then get your exercise that you need. If you need social time, make sure you have social time. If you need, you know, your pet time, make sure you have that. But it, it's your job to find out what you need that has you working at your optimal most of the time. Because we're not all on top of it all the time. We have times where we fall apart. We have times where we're exhausted. We have times where we, where we just don't have the capacity to cope. But you have to give yourself the opportunity. Give yourself the best chance to cope. So make sure you're well-nourished, well-rested, well-exercised, have good people around you. 
that will help you cope with what life throws at you because life is always going to throw something at you. Your car is going to get stolen, your dog's, well, not your dog, your bird's going to die, your, your, your house will burn down. It, it, it happens. It happens. And it's not going to break you because you have the capacity to cope, right? You, you know you can cope because you've coped before. Other stuff has happened to you and you've survived it. That stuff doesn't break you. It bruises you, it bends you, it bangs you up, and you get up. And you've gotten up every other time, and everything that comes towards you, you're going to get up again. And sometimes you need a little help getting up. Well, that's good. Recognize that. Get the help. But I wouldn't spend so much time picking out that book. Oh, what's wrong with me? Oh, this is wrong with you. Because nothing is wrong with you. When you're having a struggle, you're having a struggle because you're because something hard has come towards you. You're supposed to struggle. That stuff's not supposed to be easy. But it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Everybody got that? There's nothing wrong with you. Let's all say that together. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> there really isn't. No? I, well... Life is hard, and then it's easy, and then it's hard, and then it's fun, and then it's sad, and then you're mad, and then you're hungry, and then you're tired. <laughs> Spend a lot of time in the hungry category. Yeah, well, and then you sometimes if you're in the hungry category all the time, then you have to think, gee, am I really in the hungry category all the time? Or am I just eating all the time, but I'm actually sad, or am I? This is all stuff you can figure out on your own. You don't need a book for this. It's hard to figure it out, though. <laughs> Is it hard to figure it out or or do you want it to be easy and have somebody tell you what it is? I think it's it's the latter of those and yeah. I think I think a big part of things is it's time consuming to try to figure those things out to actually observe yourself and it takes being honest with yourself That's and not telling yourself what you want to hear. I, I think I think you have to have some quiet moments with yourself where you're like, okay, okay, Christine, let's get real. This is what you're doing. Why are you doing it? Well, you know darn well why you're doing it. You know, stop it. Find something else to do it that that will fill that need or fill that desire or or feel or, or take care of that sadness and then sometimes you just have to feel the best advice I ever got um, and somebody told me one time I was very very upset about something and she said to me you just got to feel it and we are so afraid to feel upset or hurt or disrespected or unloved or we're so afraid to feel it because it feels horrible but it's supposed to feel horrible. You feel it, and then you put it aside. But if you don't let yourself feel it, it will wait for you. Yeah, it, 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 it will not go away. It will wait for you, and it will wait for you, and it will look like something else. And another, a good quote I saw, and one time it was, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like, um, I something oh I can't I can't remember I'm not going to do it justice but it was something about anger being angry or, or what anger looked like but what it actually was it was grief and it was grief dressed up as anger because sometimes you can't recognize that it's grief and it looks like anger but it's not and sometimes it looks like hunger but it's not and sometimes it looks like 12 hours of sleep but it's not it's avoiding like, you know, that major thing, a yeah. major thing. Yeah. That yeah. needs some attention and you need to sit with it and you need to feel it and it needs to hurt you and it needs to leave a little scar and then it needs to get put away. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's really easy to say and not so easy to do, which is why we go looking for it in a book or we go looking for it, um, other places, right? Um, but it's but it's all within you, and sometimes you need 
you, you do need help. I don't want to say that you don't need help. I'm talking about just the business of living. When there's big things, when there's stuff that you can't cope with, there, you need to know when you need help. But I think a lot of stuff, we're built to cope with on our own. We do have it within ourselves to, to, to face it, to get over it, hmm. I think. Yeah, and I, I think about that because, like, you know, I've had things happen in my life where I've needed to go see a counselor and things like that. But, and I am one of those people, I do read those books and I do listen to those TED Talks and those podcasts and all of those, right? Like, I do look for the, the solutions. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for answers. You're flipping to the back of the book. <laughs> and and I think I do a lot of the work that's necessary to figure out things while also doing, you know, the counseling, the book reading, the podcast listening. But, and I can't remember where I was going with this train of thought, but I, oh, I, I do wonder if it's something that needs to be explicitly hot because I don't know how natural it is like I yes. I feel like it, for me it it's not a supernatural thing to cope yes okay I, I exactly hear what you're saying and I think we had a conversation about this or, or maybe I heard it on another podcast I think another one of your podcasts where they talk about teaching children in school skills like even mindfulness teaching that it's okay to be upset and this is what being upset feels like, and it hurts a lot, but it does it does have an end to it. And that's the thing about that that feeling that you get, that pain that you get, you're convinced it's never going to end. Every time you feel it, even though you know the last time you felt it, it ended. Yeah. Or it diminished significantly. But this time, oh, this pain is going to stay forever. I need help, right? But it's not going to stay forever. It never stays forever. Nothing stays forever. The good doesn't stay forever. That good feeling that you have, that doesn't stay forever either. When you're really excited and really happy, that doesn't stay forever either. But neither does that heartbreak or that loss or that devastation or upset. That doesn't stay forever. It's, no. it's just... We're, we're very, um, what's the opposite of static? Uh, dynamic? Dynamic. Yeah, we're very dynamic. And it's learning to trust that, I think, but also to have coping mechanisms and, and healthy coping mechanisms, you know? And that's, you know, when you're upset about something, for me, you got to go for a walk in the forest. You got to sit and cry it out with a friend. You have to set limits on it. You have to say, okay, I'm going to sit and I'm going to ball my face off for an hour. Then I'm going to dry my eyes off and I'm going to get on with life. And then maybe tomorrow I might sit for an hour and ball my face off because that's what I need. But I'm not going to ball my face off for 12 hours straight. Yeah. Because I also don't live. Right. Well, you do, right? It's true. And 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 it's very, very, very specific to the person. You have to figure out what you need. You have to figure out what feels good in a healthy way. And you know, we all we all do the unhealthy things because they're easy and they're quick and they're instant. We all go for food, we all numb ourselves in front of the TV. We all go shopping because for five seconds it feels good until you get home and your pants don't fit because you spent the other five hours eating. Um, people, yeah, they're band-aids. People drink. Yeah, they're, they're, they're ways to avoid that bad feeling. But the bad feeling after you eat, the bad feeling is still there. So really, the eating wasn't the answer. Um, but it's a process. It takes time to figure that out. Yeah, it takes time to figure that out. Yeah, it's a learning process. And it's also a maturing process. And 30, yes, you're not a child, but you're still a young adult. Thanks. 
<laughs> well, you are. Well, you are, right? And I think if you always remember um, that that everything is dynamic, that what you're feeling right now in this moment is not going to stay forever, and it's probably not even going to stay for that long. Yeah, that's very true. And that's even when you get really excited too. When you're so excited and you feel on top of the world, yeah, just enjoy it. But recognize it's not going to be there forever because you can't maintain that. That, that. That's not what life is. Life is not maintaining. The goal should not be to, to run around every day, all day, laughing and smiling and giggling. Well, what kind of life would you have? You'd be a lunatic. <laughs> well, really, you wouldn't be productive. You wouldn't no. be able to work. You wouldn't be able to focus. That's true. Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be fun for a while, but uh, you know, it's, it's it's not practical. And neither is crying all day. You're not going to get a lot done. So you got to find. We're a mixture. We're all a mixture of a bunch of things, and find find good coping mechanisms for you, and probably for you. If I were to give advice, it's probably very similar for me. You gotta get out moving. You gotta you gotta you gotta be be a small thing in a big world. You gotta remember that. I'm a small thing in a big world. And when you're sitting on a couch, you can be a big thing in a small world. And you're not. You have to when you're out with you know five hundred year old trees, you remember I'm a small thing in this world. You know, and my heart is broken, but the world is still rotating, the trees are still growing, and I'm still going to be okay. Yeah. There you go. Put that in a book. <laughs> Sounds need, like a bestseller. We need a mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I also have to also say, when you need help, get help. Because sometimes you can get so far down, you cannot pick yourself up. You cannot. And, and there's no shame in that. It's like every single other thing in life, like everything, every single thing we've talked about, you have to find what works for you, what works for you. But I know if I'm doing this, it's not working for me because I've gained 50 pounds or I've taken up smoking or I'm drinking two bottles of wine a night or I'm shopping beyond what I can afford that's how you know it's not working for you so that's when you know either i need help or i need to try something new all right to wrap up we're gonna go <laughs> <laughs> all right well with that with that being said um and on a happy note yeah so um we're gonna end off with the adult aha moment um so you've been an adult now for quite a while um, <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So you've been a grown up longer than I have been. Um, what, uh, did you have like a big revelation of some sort, a big light bulb moment where it was like, oh my gosh, this is what the grown ups were always talking about, or it all makes sense now. Something that happened when you became a grown up, whenever they, that may have been. Um, yeah, something that just kind of clicked. Yeah, I can't remember what my previous answers were, which were probably the best. But what I'm thinking of now is going to bed early. Why did I ever want to stay up late? Oh, I know. You know what I mean? I go to bed when it's light out now. Yeah. And everybody makes fun of me. And I'm like, okay, guys, I am well rested. I just, to me, nothing ruins my day more than starting my day tired. Like when I wake up and I just feel like, oh, I didn't sleep enough. Then I, I already know my whole day is not that great. And then you still have to go through the whole day. Oh, I think it's so horrible. Um, so there's that. Uh, what's my other negative advice? Oh, go back to don't spend too much money. Wish somebody told me that. <laughs> uh, what was my other one? Uh, just be good to yourself. Just be really gentle. Treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. All the stuff that you would say to your best friend, oh, your hair looks so pretty, oh, you're so smart, and oh, no, you're doing good. Say all that stuff to yourself. 
you know, we all, we're, we're so kind to other people and we're so hard on ourselves. So, so hard. Oh, and the other thing, and I heard this on podcasts or something, don't look in the mirror so often. <laughs> I think I'm going to start that one. I think some, yeah, I can't remember who said it, but they said like once a day. I think that's probably enough. Just so you don't forget what you look like. <laughs> so you don't go a few weeks and be like, whoa, how long has that been going on for? Don't look in the mirror so nah, I, I should probably try that. Yeah, I'm just trying to think adult moments. Just yeah, just go easy. Just just kind of just go easy. Yeah. I think there's a song. I think there's a song Take it easy. I think there's a song brewing in me, so we may <laughs> want to wrap this up. Um I know one and I think I talked to you. It was like my first paycheck that I got as a teacher. I think I, I think I called you and I was like, I got my first paycheck and like half of it's gone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was one of my big adult aha moments. Yeah, you gotta pay your man. Yeah, like all I, these all these roads you drive on and all these services that are provided. All my money was gone. You don't come free. No, no, and yeah, I had money in the bank account, but I was like, oh my goodness, they took. They took more than half. But sometimes they take more than half. Well, then you're earning too much money. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but that was that was one of my big yeah. ones that and yeah, that involved yeah. you because I, I think I called you and I was like, where did it all go? No, but that's all the lovely trails and parks that we like to visit, the roads we drive on. Um, probably, yeah. What you should do is look into. Where's that tax going? And then use those services and get your money's worth. True. So then it's a little bit less painful. And be grateful because some of those tax dollars are going to serve people who who still need services. There's hospitals that we're fortunate not to use, but they're there when we need them. That's true. And they cost a lot of money. Um, okay, last thing. What Do you have any big summer plans? We're coming up on summer. Um, Weather's weather's getting better. It is our second COVID summer. Anything you're looking to accomplish or get done this summer or pursue or explore or what? Um, Just lots of walking, lots of nature, lots of walking, lots of boating, some kayaking now that I have a a kayak. Yes. Um, Yeah. Just being outside, being outside, relaxing. Being outside. In non-COVID times is still the best. It's still okay. Yeah. You know, for me, it's necessary. I need that time outside. That's one of those things. And that's just coping with life (laughs) when nothing's going on. To keep keep a good balance. Yeah, to keep a nice balance, for sure, for sure. And to remember, I am very small. Yeah, my opinions count a little bit. My contributions are small, but you know, but they're there. It's a very big world, a lot of people. Very cool. Okay, well, thank you. This was awesome. Thanks for being on the Modern Madness. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Badass Podcast. If you'd like what you heard, feel free to share it with a friend or send us a DM on Instagram at the Modern Badass Podcast to tell us what you think as we continue on this path of storytelling. We can now be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you like what you hear. Can't wait for you to join us next Monday at noon for our next episode.